Amen. While Tim's getting everybody geared in there, give me the countdown. Good. How about a big welcome on three to all our online church family? One, two, three. Everybody say welcome. welcome. Good, good, good. Well, today we are going to jump right in. And uh, how many people like that title, The Puzzle of Our Life? Can you relate to that? Man, I tell you what. How many people say, this message is for me? I'm preaching to me first. Every message is for us, right? I mean, God's going to take that and work it. But I just want to take a few minutes to kind of uh, just thank everybody for all they do behind the scenes. There's so much that has to happen before you just get to stand up here. And there's a lot of prayer from you guys. And, and God is just uh, just growing his, his church family. And we are so grateful for that. But today's sermon title is The Puzzle of Life. How many people in their life feel like they got the wrong piece of the puzzle in their hand at times in their life? It's just like you want to solve a piece of it and put it in there, don't you? It's like, surely this is, somebody switched up on me here. Because maybe our life is not going the way we thought it should. That's a good place to say amen. Amen. Maybe our life is not looking like we thought it would at this point. That happens a lot of times, doesn't it? So we turn around and look at that and we say, well, man, how can we, we learn from this? Now, i got to share a little story about my grandma. I usually talk about somebody in my family. I might as well talk about my grandma. Because you know what? I don't know if my sister's going to listen or not. I think I was the favorite. I was the favorite. I was the favorite youngest one. How about that? But my grandma was just something else. Man, you know, you got a praying grandma, an amazing grandma, and one that will fix you jello on every time you come and visit. Man, you're doing all right. But when I used to go to my grandmother's house, I used to remember one of the things she loved to do was make puzzles. Right? I mean, she grandma had it set up. Grams had the central location. All right? So she's got the card table. Right? She's got the puzzle. She's got the TV guy. Do y'all remember that? My kids would go, what's a TV guy? TV guy. And then over there, she had the board games like Yahtzee and stuff like that. Man, Grandma could clean the house on that thing, man. She was good. But I would notice she'd always take off and look at the different things and, and do stuff. And, and I thought, man, isn't that funny how she does? She was fully operational. But I noticed something that she did over time, putting that puzzle together, amen, is this. Is that Grandma was putting a biblical... Uh, Act in, in, the, in the focus there. A little biblical practice, whether she realized it or not. But she would talk, start with the corner first. And we're going to be talking about the cornerstone of Christ, okay? But I, even as a young kid, I thought, well, why did she always start it? So she would get a good plumb line. See, because if, if, if your foundation ain't good, Scott, it ain't good, is it? He's a bricklayer. He knows all about that stuff. It's got to be straight and square. So with that, I wanted to kind of jump in and, and, and just share a few things. This is our scripture we're going to start off with today. And it's in Isaiah 28, 16. I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. I try to put most of the scriptures up here. But always bring your Bible. God might want to show you something else along the way. And it says here, you ready? It says, uh, therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. Look at this here. Whoever believes need never be shaken. The Lord was revealing through his prophet Isaiah that Jesus is the cornerstone. He is what the whole church and Christian foundation is set upon. Amen. That's the deal. It's about Jesus. It's not about a man, a denomination, a church, a location, a building. It's about Jesus. Amen. And that's what I'm here to tell you about today. And also, as we go down a little bit further, we know that people re rejected that back then, and people still reject that now. You ever see people reject that now? Turn the news on. Turn, go to school and see if you, you can pray, you know? People reject that, but that doesn't change the truth. Just because you reject the truth doesn't change the truth, does it? Truth is still the truth. So even back, I got some more scriptures you guys can, can put down and you can look back later. 
It spoke about long ago. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 118.22, The stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the cornerstone and, and, and how that whole cornerstone business relates to just building a good foundation. You know, God is just so amazing. He, he, he meets us where we are. See, the time he was talking to folks, people were laying brick. They were doing different things. And he was, he was reaching them right where they are. Guess what? He does the same thing today. That's the good news. But it's impossible to build a good, strong, sturdy foundation without a good cornerstone. Cornerstone is the foundational stone, and it's got to be set up correctly. Everybody say amen if they're doing good. So let's talk about that a little bit. That's just a little intro. Christ the cornerstone. Now look at this. Setting the foundation. Put in my notes, I said, any house worth building, any puzzle worth completing, and any life worth living must have a strong foundation. Amen. If the foundation is not aligned properly, everything else will continue to drift off course and weaken. The same goes for our faith. I didn't ask him to say this. They'll just have to love me through this. I have some friends that built an outdoor patio not long ago. Got any guesses who that might be after that? Idea? And I went by to assist. You know, I did. I, did, I, I made a, a run to uh, Home Depot, picked up some bricks or Lowe's, where we went to, got that. We offloaded the bricks and everything. And I thought, my work here is done. Let me know what's going on. So these two wonderful friends of mine, Tanya and Tim, <laughs> begin to build this foundation. I mean, they YouTubing, they got the stuff out there and everything else. They, I mean, I'm like, man, that's pretty cool. I've never thought of that. that they got, man, he's got, what do you got? So twine, Tim, everything. And you know what I'm thinking the whole time, right? You ought to call Scott. I think you ought to call Scott. But anyway, they're going to do it. We're going to do it on our own, right? And boy, they did. I'm going to tell you what. Tim got some work out of Miss Tanya, didn't he? And Miss Tanya got some work out of Tim. And I'd say, do y'all need anything to drink or anything? I could stop by and pray for you because I could tell when I would go, he was going, where we got the thing, where we got Oh, that sounds like my house. <laughs> That's what you call a Christian discussion, right? <laughs> it's all good. But they really work good together. No, I tell you what's good is Tanya works good with me and Tim because we look at pictures and do stuff. And I've told you many times we're working on stuff. And she goes, I don't think that chair is supposed to be at like that angle. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody sits like this. Yeah. But anyway, they go and do this. And I go over and I said, well, man, it, it looks, this is looking good. You know, I'm thinking they ought to be done by now. So I go over like a day or two later and they go, we had to take it all up. I go, no way. They said, yeah, we had to restart again and get it all leveled out and everything. But the good news is, it looks good now. And you know what? It wasn't that they weren't trying. It wasn't that they weren't working together and all that stuff. It had to be set. That cornerstone had to be right. Things had to be level and things like that. And you can see, and just that's the first thing that popped in my mind when I was doing this, this uh, message was, man, I see how that goes. It's always amazing to me, carpenters and stuff. They can look at stuff and they got their level and different things. My boy takes some. I was fascinated. I went over to his house. He's got two buckets and a two by four. And he, he nailed them together somehow. I go, that's cool. And he's going, that's nothing. <laughs> but for me, that's cool. I was like, man, he takes some buckets and made it into a bench and he just carries it around and solves it. I mean, he's just working on stuff all the time, man, making duck calls and, and other folks doing stuff. Scott's good with that. That is not my, my thing. I'll be doing, I won't be able to do my 10 tables no more. I'll be doing about five, six, up like that. But I think it's great that everybody else has different giftings. 
And so, you know, whether you play guitar or whether you sing or whether you listen or whether you pray or whether you just encourage somebody, maybe you're a writer. My sister does a good job of that right there. Does an amazing job. But I want to tell you what, whatever it is, it's got to be lined up on the foundation of God if you want it to grow. Amen? And that's what we're talking about here. Whatever we got, we know that it has to be level and on the straight and narrow. So let's keep on going with that. So look at the, some scripture I got here. Ephesians 2.20 said, Together we are the house built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, which is Jesus Christ, and the cornerstone is Christ himself. Now, now look at this. I said, let me put it this way. If your life is not aligned with Christ, the further you go, the longer you live, the more you put things together, you get further away from God's best. See, the cornerstone was the, the stone they laid to make sure everything was straight before you start adding on to other stuff. You put that down, make sure it was level, because if, if your first stone's out of whack, guess what? Everything else is out of whack. I mean, you can be way offline. I remember a guy telling me about his GPS years ago when they first came out. And it, it got water on it and this and everything. And he went out on his boat. And he went out. I don't know how far he went out. And he got out there. And he was supposed to line right up on his buoy. And it was only off a little bit. I remember him telling me this story. I said, well, what's the big deal? It's only off a few feet. He said, you ain't much of a waterman, are you? No, I can't even swim. And y'all look back through other sermons. You'll see how you need to pray for your pastor if he ever gets around the water, right? Uh, yeah, I see, I see y'all remember that. But anyway, he said, man, we only went a short distance. And look how much we're off. He said, then if we go another mile or another few miles, we're going to be way off the mark. We're going to be in trouble water. We could be in the danger zone. That's why it's so important to build upon the cornerstone of Christ. I just want to kind of tie in some of those things right there. You know, and the best GPS, I call it God's perfect system, is God's word. It's straight. It's, it's, it's ready. It's narrow, but it's, it's, it's strong foundation. But we need to look at that. And, you know, when we say that, well, golly, but that's, that makes, that's, that sounds so easy. But then why is it that we take off running and do our own foundation? Tweak the foundation. Do this. I'm just going to add another room and we never even get anything lined up. Do we seek the Lord on a daily basis before we run and jump? Amen. Think about that. Now, I know over my lifetime, I can take off running and then when I get in the ditch, I will pray hard. Then how about y'all? I'm going to pray for you guys right now. I know I'm not the only one, right? You Because you say, oh, surely this is the best way. This is great. I'm just going to go and you're trucking along and everything's good. And you go, oh, I didn't see that coming. You know? But if we seek the Lord, right, in the beginning, I can tell you what. God will keep you on the straight and narrow. It might not be the fastest way. Amen? It might not be the most comfortable way. It might take a little bit more time. It might take a little bit more effort. But how many know God's way is the best way? Amen? Amen. Amen. Absolutely. Let's keep on rolling with that. So I had a few more things I wanted to share with this. You know, when we're not on, and I'm going to drive this foundation thing home, you're going, God, anybody just beating us to death with the foundation. You know what? I want to love you to the Lord in the foundation. Now think about this. Uh, I like washing cars and doing things and detailing and stuff like that. And I always told Denise, I said, before I buy a car, what I really need to do is just wash it. She said, what do you mean? I said, because then you see things. When the dirt's moved away and you get up under and doing the tires and all these things, you start realizing what you really got, right? Because sometimes, guess what? Our lives are the same way, right? We'll patch a wall, paint a wall, but we never dealt with the damage. See where I'm going with this? Maybe we get a car and, it's, and, and you ever got a car or look at something, somebody's just painted over the rust. It looks good. Me and my buddy called them the five-footers. That means they look good from five foot. 
Amen. He said, well, what is it? Well, she ain't, she ain't no, you know, she ain't no beauty queen, but this is about a five footer. And then you go, ooh, I think it's a 10 footer. Because it's got rust coming up and different things like that. But man, you see, like, if you ever look for a car or something like that, and you go and look in uh, Trading Post or online or Craigslist, if they got a truck or a car sitting over in the wilderness looking all good, <laughs> see how many other pictures they got. Right? Because man, that's, if you're at 40 yards, man, let me tell you, you can make that look good. See, a lot of times what happens in our life, we have a few bumps, bruises, and setbacks along the way. And what we do, we keep people at arm length so they can't see some of the rust, the bumps, the bruises. I'm speaking to anybody here today. We, we kind of keep around. And see, that's we talked about it last week and maybe one of the messages I did through the week, how that, that enemy uh, walks around looking for somebody he can devour like a lion. And when I studied that out, what, it, what happens is this. Uh, a lion, you would think they'd be tough and they just jump right in. Most of the time, the lion waits for somebody to get over to the side. Studying their weakness. Let me see what's going on. Let's see what's going on. And, 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 and really, uh, in our Christian walk, what happens is we start believing the lie and then we start drifting. I don't want to go to church today. I don't feel like that. How many people, when you mess up, you feel like you shouldn't go to church? Thank you, brother. I know you turned it into one of these, but I saw you, all right? <laughs> I'm not the only one. Hey, I, I got my hand up first. Because you just you feel guilty, right? You feel, oh, man, I, I can't believe that. Uh, you know, this happened and this happened. I didn't respond Christ like. Let me tell you this newsflash, everybody, even online. When that happens, that's the time to come to church. Amen? <laughs> Lord, help me. Amen? So, so that's the time. Don't run from God. Run to God. Does he love you even on your worst day? It's unconditional, right? Which means no conditions. The only condition is, is if you put your faith and trust in Jesus. And even if you haven't, he loves you. But we want you to get the fullness of the benefit of knowing Christ and knowing him as Lord and Savior. Well, let's keep on going here. So we want to make sure that in our lives that we're just not putting putty in the cracks, right? We're not just painting over the rust. We're not just getting new window dressing and our spirit. But we are letting God renew our mind and transform our lives. And that comes from seeking the Lord and renewing our minds with the Word of God. Let's keep on driving this thing home a little bit. Everybody doing good? All right, Matthew says this, 7.26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Now, you guys heard that many times, haven't you? Over and over that old story there, that's pretty amazing. I'll read the rest. I didn't put it all up here. Verse 27. Jesus is speaking. He's telling them a story right where they are. Get it wrapped around their hearts here. And it says, The rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. 28. And when Jesus finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as these their teachers of the law. Without Christ, our lives will fall down with a great crash. You can go for a little while. You can go for a little while. And let me tell you what. It's kind of funny. Have you ever had this thought, right? How come I'm trying to do what's right and the guy that's doing what's wrong seems to get blessed? Oh, come on. You know that's the truth. He's like, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. What's going on here? The guy that never shows up for work just got a promotion. It's quiet in here. Come on, man. You know it is. I'm just saying, I can't believe it. It's just amazing. But you know what? They're getting what they got for a season. You're storing up your gifts in heaven. If you do the right thing, the right thing's going to come through, amen, over time. 
How many know this? This is a crazy thing. Have you ever had this happen to you or somebody you work with? They work real good in this particular thing. And I mean, they're doing a great job. They're doing this. They're doing the work of maybe three or four people. And a promotion comes up and the guy gets passed over. And you say, how is that possible? Guess what? They're going to keep you right there as long as they can, right? A lot of times. You think God sees that? He's going to work it all together in the big picture. I'll tell you what. We had a thing at my, my day job a while back, and they had a lot of opportunities. I said, man, we got a bigger company. This is it. This is for really, I was really jumping into the ministry thing, uh, and God was, was working it all together. I was like, well, man, we got a bigger company, more opportunity. I'm still a young guy. Surely this is going to be, man, hey, you know what? We want you to be the lead. This is going, man, all right. I'm doing time cards. I'm doing this, everything else. Nobody likes you anymore because you're the boss. What happened? What just happened? Right? <laughs> yeah. It's like, but, but, but I was like, but we got to do this, you know? So we're doing stuff and everything else, and you go through there. And you say, but what about this job? He said, you do a great job where you're at. But, but I, like, I like that job. And he said, well, you know, your time will come. I'm 52. <laughs> I want to retire before, before my time comes, right? And then they have a layoff. Uh oh. 40% of the. 40% of the workforce was let go. I had some good friends that did good work get let go. And that hurts your heart. Had I took the other job, not only would I be preaching all the time, I'd be doing a little soft shoe probably. I'd be, hey, can I take your groceries and put them in the car? Right? Because it would have been a big change, right? How many of you guys know, knows what's coming down the pipe? So what that did when I, when I went, ooh, thank you, Lord. I prayed for my friends that lost their job, and many of them found employment since then. This has been some time ago. But I know, I've been on the other side of that. It's a big deal. And it's a big deal, like I said, when it's on your front porch. So, you know, I, I never make light of anybody's situation. Let me tell you, your life can change in just a second, whether it's work, whether it's with a doctor's report, whether it's just, you know, getting a phone call. Anybody got any good phone calls after 12 at night? Not usually, is it? Not usually. But I'm just saying, when you look at that, aren't you glad that we can build on the foundation of God? He knows what's coming. The reason I'm kind of going down this path a little bit is I believe there's people listening today and people here today. You say, man, I feel like I've been passed over. I feel like my piece of the puzzle is never getting put into, into the, the whole picture. Amen. I feel like, man, this is, this is just crazy. But I'm going to tell you what. Where we want is our puzzle piece in the hand of God. He's got it under control. We want to make sure that our house is built on a great foundation. How many know, how many people lived here during Isabel time? A lot of people. Let me tell you, we had plenty of water in our place. They had 27 inches in the garage, not in the house. That's nothing compared to some of the brothers and sisters that, that live here. And how much did you have in your house? Like three foot? 24 inches and one in the sunken room was 30. Inches. Yeah, almost, almost three foot in our house. You know, people would ask me, how'd, how'd you do? I'd go, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. You know what I mean? But I tell you what happened during that time. Did you get to know your neighbor a little bit better? I know people that was cooking good stuff. Man, everybody's barbecue grill was going, right? I mean, the refrigerator broke. We got scallops. Okay. You know, yeah. praise the Lord. You know? So, you know, trying to find the good in the midst of that. As we walk through that, we look at the foundation. They come out and looked at our garage and they said, man, you got to cut this out. you got to do this. They had to rebuild your house. Many folks had to have their house rebuilt. I'm going to tell you what. A lot of people had to really put in some prayer time. You put two people in a little uh, FEMA trailer. You'll pray, won't you, Grandmama? 
<laughs> and said, I had five in one. Yeah. So, you know, I, I'm just going, I'm not bringing that up to be a bad thing. Look where God's brought you now. You know, look how he's brought us through that. And you have a stronger foundation, not only spiritually, I bet, but even in your home. Amen. So I just want to throw that in because when Jesus says, hey, look, when the, when the, the wind blew and everything beat against that, that poor foundation that was built on sand, that was not built on the rock, right, of Jesus Christ, what happened? Came down with a crash. Our spiritual life is the same way. And you can never uh, get too far away. You can come back and start building right on that today. Amen. I want you to see something here. The power and authority of Christ. I want to jump into some, some scripture there. I said, he is the power and authority. And I said, man, let's, let's just open up the scripture a little bit. I love this here. All right. And it says, for in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. Boy, you could breeze through that, can't you? You know, have you ever really, have you ever used that? Some people call them a life verse. That was a life verse for me. I won't go back into it. I told you a couple years ago, I really went through a sick time, tough time. Let me tell you, I would walk around quoting this verse. I would be in tears talking about this verse because I felt like my life was coming unglued. I said, wait a minute. In Christ lives all the fullness of God in a human body. That's Christ. He came in a human body to pay our price, right? Our sin that full. And look at this. So you are so also are complete through your union with Christ. I said, I'm complete in Christ. Lord, I'm complete in you. You're going you're to take care of this. Over and over. I walk a little bit further. That's back before I had the, before I had the flip. Well, I probably still had a flip phone then. I didn't have the smartphone. I had my regular Bible. And I'd go back and I'd sit, sit there like that. I'd go to the restroom. I'd read that. And I'd read a lot of other stuff too. But that right there. I kept holding and clinging to that. I said, Lord, that's your word. That's your promise. I'm claiming that. So every time I see this, something in my spirit just goes, Woo, I brought you through, baby. Man, isn't that amazing? So you also are complete through your union with Christ. When you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, let me tell you. It's good to be anchored in the word of God. Amen. It is a life saver. It just might save your life. I talked to a fellow yesterday, said he went through a very dark time in his life. He says, you know, I'd like to come talk to your church family sometime and show you and, and, and share about how God worked through that. He said, because I know there's other people that deal with depression, deal with different things like that. He said, buddy, I believe I can help them because I've been through the other side and I saw law, the Lord pull me through the other side. I said, brother, I'll tell you what, when you get ready, you let me know. Because I'm going to tell you what, when we go through something, God doesn't necessarily cause that, Right. But he can work it all together for the good. So why? You can help someone else when they go through that. That's called compassion. That's called love and living. Amen. But you come out because you know why? We are complete through our union with Christ. What's our union with Christ? Our belief in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Right? For what he's done on the cross and how he rose again on the third day. That's what we have. So everybody understands about Christ being the cornerstone, don't you? Amen. The foundation is built on Jesus Christ. Now, let's talk about this a little bit. If you got your hand out, write a few notes in here. I think it's some good stuff. Your piece of the puzzle. How many people tell, well, I know, I, got, I hear what you're saying, but what about my piece of the puzzle? We want to know, how does it impact me? Denise gets mad at me sometimes when we're talking. And, and I am listening. But sometimes I jump to the t- chase and I go, but where do we fit in? 
but, but where do I fit in? In other words, I'm a good husband. What am I supposed to do? Right? <laughs> but sometimes I say it too fast and she says, you're not listening. I'm going to tell you that. Right? Guys, listen. I'm learning. I'm not listening, but I'm learning. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to convert it over. But you know, sometimes if we just listen a little bit more, we get the full picture. I pray that you're listening today. Your piece of the puzzle. I saw you smiling, Bonnie. That don't, that don't, that don't affect y'all, does it? <laughs> I love it. So how do we deal with our piece of the puzzle? Take a look at this. We remain in him. We abide. I want to talk about that. That's our part, to believe, to trust, to remain and abide. Walk with and press in. To follow God. To follow the Lord. You say, well, how do I do that? Man, you can pray. You can believe. You can trust. You can seek the Lord. How many people are seeking the Lord? First off, have you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you built upon the foundation of Christ? Then we move forward. Lord, what do you have for me today? It's a daily walk. It's a journey. It's not a sprint. It's a journey. How many have been walking with the Lord 10 years? 20 years? 30 years? We'll just cut it at 50. A couple of years. Yeah. 50 plus. How about that? Yeah. I'm learning now. See, that's wisdom. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Have you found God to be faithful? Amen. I've asked that question many, many times. I've never heard anyone say, no, he, he left me high on God. Now, now, we might walk, walk away from him, right? We'll walk away from him, but God is still there waiting for us to come back. To woo us back through the power of the Holy Spirit. To bring us back to Him. He is in the renewing, redeeming life business. Amen. Anybody get excited about that? I get excited about that, man. I'm going to tell you what. I know what God saved me from. How about that? Just here. Let alone eternity in hell. Purchased out of that, man. Come on. Going to be sitting up there with Jesus. Going to be seeing my folks again. All types of stuff. He's going to go back and say, you see what happened back there? I go, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he said, I got it covered. I don't know exactly how it's going to be, but it's going to be good. What does the Bible say? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Had that on Bill's, Bill's little uh, handout yesterday. I think it's 1 Corinthians 2, 9, 6 in my mind. No eye has seen, no ears heard, and no, no mind can imagine. No eye has seen, no ears heard, and no mind can imagine the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Do you love the Lord? Man, I know this. I think I could come up with some pretty cool stuff. How about you guys? That ain't nothing, right? God says, that's nothing. You ain't seen nothing yet. But we need to abide in him. I want to go through here. I want to read from my notes a little bit. You guys have seen this a couple of times. I love this verse. It's so true in our walk, all right? John 15 and 5 says, I am the way. This is Jesus talking. He said, I am the way. You are the, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Look at this. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I said, let's look real close at this. Let's break it down. Jesus says, if you remain in me and I in you. I believe that's where we have a lot of problem today, where we don't bear fruit. We're not remaining, right? We're just passing by. We're just cruising. We're not studying the word of God. We're not seeking him all the time. I'm not coming down on anybody. I'm just let the Lord work in your heart with that. Think about that. But God's word says, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Sometimes we're a little shy on the fruit bearing business, aren't we? 
Let's keep on going. I didn't say you're not saved. I'm not saying that you bear uh, that saying. What I'm saying is you, you bear much fruit when we continue to abide in him, seeking him, studying, growing. But let me I, I'm going to go back. So it's amazing how Holy Spirit will bring stuff back to your mind. I remember a guy preaching a sermon on this probably 15, 20 years ago. Old Pastor Lynn Crossroads. He said, he was preaching all this. And he says, I know sometimes you get a bug on your leaf, don't you? <laughs> a bug on your leaf. <laughs> I thought, I'm already doing this and I'm thinking, and I remember that. What do you do when you got a bug on your leaf? You keep on pressing in, right? I'm going to give you a few things we can do when we got a bug on our, on our leaf. Here's the remedy. A little spiritual bug spray. Look what God does in this whole thing here. But I want you to look at this here. Look at the lives that the people had, had a lot of stuff going on. But look how Paul prays for folks with a bug on their leaf, right? Right? Look at this. I love this here. Paul's prayer right here, Colossians 2, 2. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence. Oh, I love that. That they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. So he says, look at this. Let's break it down. He says, be encouraged. He wants you to knit it together with strong ties of love. Amen. Come, we got room. Knit it together for strong ties of love. Have complete confidence in God's plan, which is Christ. How many people have complete confidence in God's plan of Jesus Christ? Then why do we worry? Gotcha. Gotcha. Think about that. Hey, that's a good one to take and, 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 and memorize, isn't it? That's a good one to speak when you say, Lord, I don't see how this thing's working out, but I'm going to trust you. Lord, I don't understand why I'm still dealing with this, but you know what? I'm complete in our union with you. You know, Lord, maybe I'm a little low on my, my dipstick of love. You know? Let's take a look at this again. Be encouraged. Knit it together by strong ties of love. Have complete confidence in God's plan, which is Christ Jesus, his Himself, He is the cornerstone. He is what we build upon. See, I'm going to tell you what. If you pull Jesus out of the equation, everything else falls down. Amen? It just flops. But you know what? That might be some of the reason why we got such problems in the world today. Why we should be praying for our country. Praying for our president. Praying for, for all these things. Because I'm going to tell you what we've, we've done. You remember that game just popped in my mind? What was it called? Kaplunk? You had, you had those little, those long, who would give your kids that now that you think about it? You give this like skewer and go, here, Johnny, play with that. You know, you're, oh, your sister's got 15 of them. Nah, that's all right. And the kid next door, I got all these balls that he puts in there and you're pulling them out, you know? And you go, oh man, I almost had, oh. <laughs> you can't do that stuff now. And the yard darts too. I just thinking about that. Yeah, get over it, get over it. Yeah, yeah, everything. Oh my goodness, you're throwing those things out there. We, I love some yard darts. Why do people always drink when they throw yard darts? <laughs> I lived in a trailer park for two years. I saw some stuff, man. You know what I mean? I'm telling you. Yeah, they're like, oh, here's somebody out there. And you hear something go down the side of your trailer. What's that? And then there's an argument. And then it goes, hey, run for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think that that was not strong ties of love there. I think it was a strong drinks of alcohol involved in this thing. But it is. You know, it's crazy. Look how things have changed, though. You know? But that, that game, Kaplunk, you put it in there and you pull that. Or, or is it don't break the ice or break the ice? You remember that? Don't break the ice. No wonder I lost. I thought it was break the ice. But you get a little man out there 
You know, and my sister had to have, my sister had to have everything. He's got to be just like this. I love you, though. She's listening. But she was older, six years, so I couldn't possibly know anything. So <laughs> it's probably a lot of truth in that now. But anyway, she'd get that thing just set up like that. And I'd go, watch this. Boom. She goes, you lost. I go, no, I knocked them all in. Like with one time. No. So she's, she's over there going like this. I'm like, I want to ride my bike. This is no fun. See, in life, we want to jump in, man. We want to break the ice. We want to get out there. Woo, let's do it. As you know, I get a little excited about things, right? I've told you that many times. So I think the Lord looked down and said, he's excited about life. If I can just get him on the right track, we'll be all right. You know? He's going to derail, derail, you know? So that's, I get excited about those things. But you play those different games. What about the game of life? I didn't even know I was going to think about it. Head on. Why do you have these little people, these stick in the, everybody, you know, you, you, you know y'all play that game? At a game of life, you get the little blue people and the little pink people and all that. And you get them in there. And all I wanted to do was just spin the wheel. Oh. That's it. I was like, that's cool. That thing's going. Brrr, brrr. Man, I would drive Vanna White crazy out there. I'd be like, Come on. Turn that thing. You know, we get excited about those things. The reason I say that, the game of life, the pieces of the puzzle, all those board games. There's a lot of things we can learn from that, right? Watch the, do, do they have yard darts anymore? I think they're probably off the market. Some people say, we got some. Hide the alcohol. <laughs> Man, now now we've got a user-friendly, right? We, we do the, what is it called? Cornhole. The cornhole. Yeah. And I will say this, and if she gets to watch it later, and if she don't, you tell her. Miss Georgia is, is my partner. She loves that thing. Your mom was getting to church like a 30 minutes early when we had that out there, man. She's like, well, I just thought I'd just come on in and, well, I'll play something. Man, she was wearing us out out there. So better weather, you guys don't stay at home. Come on out. We'll do some cornhole stuff out there. We have a good time. What does that have to do with what we're talking about? Because you know what? All those things, I believe everything has a learning curve for Jesus in it. When you would spend that thing in life, you, you, a lot of times you got things that you didn't sign up for, didn't you? Right? You had to take this route around here and everything else. When you had that little hammer in your hand and everything else and your sister's yelling at you and you finally played the game right, trying to do that, you try to get it right on down. And then finally, you knew you had did the very best you could. But the next move, if something supernatural didn't hang, <laughs> come in there, you were going down, right? Have you lived your life to that part? Lord, if, if you don't get involved in this, I'm going down. That's a scary place. It's sometimes a lonely place, but it doesn't have to be a bad place. Because I tell you what, God has met many people right on the brink of, of destruction and turned things around. Because you know why? That's when they have the confidence and they see the understanding of God's mysterious plan is Jesus Christ. Amen. You ever had, have you ever talked to anybody that's, that's almost died, maybe passed away or whatever, you know, and brought back what they call near-death experience or something like that? They got a different outlook on life usually, don't they? Usually, usually. I had a friend of mine got in a terrible, terrible motorcycle wreck. And he was wild before. And he was still wide open, but he wasn't he had a whole lot more to say about things of the Lord. I'd go get him when he was recovering and stuff like that, put him in a truck, we'd go get something to something to eat. I can see him right now. Okay. Right. He said, Turn the air conditioning off. I said, Okay, brother. Hold the window down. He said, now you feel that? I said, I like the air conditioner better. <laughs> he said, no, man. He said, that breeze blowing on my face. I didn't know if I'd ever have that again. He said, man, the sun just seems warmer on my face. I said, guys, do want to work up in here, right? <laughs> Isn't that something? It was amazing, man. 
And through all that, and I won't go through the whole story, through all that, Keep the Promise was birthed from a relationship with that guy's dad that I met his father through some hospital visits and stuff. And that man, his, that I'm talking about, my friend's father, spoke to me on his deathbed and said, I want you to keep this promise. I want you to keep doing what you're doing. Keep keep, keep doing the music. Keep doing. It's best he was trying to tell me from his deathbed. But keep going. Keep going. Almost 20 years later now we see all you folks in here. We see people getting a message all over the world. We see lives changed. Four CDs and enough music to do two more CDs if we ever slow down to record them. If somebody could speak into your life and transform your life from their deathbed, how much more could you do? How much more could you do? He was telling me this. It's got to be on the foundation. You got to keep building. You got to keep going. You got to keep. He, and, and, and after that, just a few days after he passed, I went to be with the Lord. My buddy said, all day, the only thing he keeps saying, where's Buddy? That's humbling. He's got his whole family. Now, I'm not saying Buddy anything this about that. But that was my buddy. I love that guy. And God used that man in my life. To turn everything around. Have I veered off the path a couple of times? Absolutely. Have I thought I have no idea what I'm doing? Most a lot, most times. But this is what happens in my walk. How about you guys? When I come back and I and I center my heart back on abiding in God and loving others and having the confidence in Christ as my cornerstone, things start to build. You can, you can lower your blood pressure by many points by trusting Jesus. Amen? I'm just going to tell you that. You really can. I know there's medical things and all that. I'm going to tell you, if you're not worried about it, and I'm not saying you don't care, and somebody kicks you in the shin and you go, oh, please give me another. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying being a Christian format. I'm saying when your heart links with the faith of Christ, things change. Well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Are we going to pray? I'm going to share one other story here real quick about this. You you were praying time here. Years ago, my mom had a stroke. My dad was still living. And my folks did not go to the doctor for anything. And I can tell you most, this was the thing they didn't think they were going to go to to the doctor. They called me. We were getting ready to go on a mission trip. And I was only about 15 minutes from the house. I said, he said, son, um, your mom fell. I said, is she okay? He said, she's not okay. Did you call an ambulance? No, I'm going to wait for you. I'm not a doctor, Dad. You know? And I roll in there, and my mom's face looks like this. I said, she had a stroke. My dad's shutting down. I mean, they're they're in their eight, up in, you know, late 70s at the time. I said, you got to call my ambulance. And I begin to pray over my mom. All she could do was say, man, that'll rip your heart out. And in the midst of all those things, they were coming there, and they were getting her all suited up to, to get to the hospital. My dad grabbed stuff, because mom, how many of your mom knows where everything's at? Dads don't usually know where everything's at. He didn't know where everything's at. So he grabs the medicine. They're calling the medicine in. They're treating her based on this medicine that dear old dad gave. Not coming down on pops. He's doing the best he can. He was panicking. He was freaking out. I was doing about the same, but I was praying. I beat them to the hospital. I, they were still loading. I was walking in. I got my clergy badge. They were talking about my mom. I said, yes, she's this age. She's this, 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 this. I'm telling them everything. So we get there, and this crazy thing's going on. They keep saying, your mom's a diabetic. I go, no. 
And then they say this. Yes, your mom's had a stroke. There's two types of strokes, best I can remember. He says, one, there's a, some blood clots, and then there's other, if something was uh, uh, just ripped all the way. And they say this. Me and my dad are there, and they say, when did, when did this happen? So I look at my phone. I said, oh, probably about three hours ago. Are you sure? Because, look, if we give your mom this medicine and it's outside of this time frame, it's going to work against her. Okay? So I said, well, Dad, when was it? He's like, oh, I think, let's see, Wheel of Fortune was on. He was telling me all these things. And I was like, we're getting down to the minutes. I think it's got to be done within four hours or something like that. So whatever the time was, there's a short time frame. I'm like, oh, my goodness. So they go back and go through the medicine again. Now, this, this is the closest thing I've ever seen that happens on TV. You know, the curtain's coming back and all this stuff going around. And Mom still don't know what's going on. My dad's beating himself up and everything. Oh, I should have called. It's, it's okay. It's okay. And then the question comes. Mr. Chapman, Mr. Chapman, we're going to give your mother this, this, and they're basically giving her this medicine on all the stuff that she's taken, right? And they said, look, if we give this medicine to your mother, and this is the type of stroke she had, we really believe this will help her a lot. However, if this is not it, she will die. Woo! And my dad says, what you going to do? He was drained. He was just, what are you going to do? I said, Dad, we're going to trust God. We're going to take that medicine. Give it to him. I had a peace about that. And I had been praying. They give her the medicine. Everybody leaves. I'm still praying. And I look. And how the chaplains do things, they get like this big garbage bag and got all their medicine in it. <laughs> That's my dad, boy. And I started looking through there. And I go, oh my gosh. That's your medicine. That's not mom's medicine. And I'm going, I say, hey, 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 we just gave her the medicine. You just, you just, you just wait or you just did this and all. And let me tell you, the curtain was flying. They're going, we thought she was a diabetic. I didn't catch it. My dad's a diabetic. He had some of her medicine, their medicine, and they're going through the stuff and they're trying to do stuff. Not pointing no fingers. Everybody missed it. But God, in spite of all those things, Mama came right on through. It was a long haul. Let me tell you, I've had to make a lot of decisions in my life. There ain't never been one bigger than that. I'll tell you something else. That was probably one of the easiest decisions I ever made. You know why? Because I had the confidence of Christ. Looking back now, kind of scares me. I didn't even blink. They said, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to trust God for the fullness of this right here. I'm trusting God is going to bring her through and use these people. And in the mighty name of Jesus, give it to her. He's like, yeah, give it to her. When you are confident in things, it changes everything. If you're the leader and you're not confident, people know that. They go, oh, no, my God. I'm not saying being arrogant. I'm saying being confident in what God's called you to do. Are you confident in your walk with Christ? just want to share that because let me tell you, man. I believe that God teaches us so much through his word and God teaches us so much also through our walk. Amen? So let me tell you, if you think you just stand up here because, oh, it's, it's just, oh, he's never went through nothing. I've went through a few things and probably a lot of things that you guys never have. 
You know, and, and you guys have been through some amazing things. And that's why I like when we get people to share their testimonies, because I'll guarantee you it will touch somebody's life somewhere. You think, oh, well, what could that person possibly know? Let me tell you, people that you're rubbing elbows with right in this building, let alone online or anything, have been through some crazy, amazing stuff. And they'll be quick to tell you about the good of God, how good God is. And we're going to we're going to start in, into into more of that as we go. Everybody doing good so far. Everybody confident in Christ. Yes, indeedy. All right. Now, how do people believe that they're a masterpiece? All right. I like that, boy. I'll tell you what she's Oh, yeah, absolutely. And she's not She's not being, you know, anything other than biblical. Amen. That's what God says. Let's take a look at this here. Let's go back. Uh-oh. Almost hit the wrong thing. Isaiah 64, 8 says this. And yet, O oh Lord, you are my father. We are the clay and you are the pot. We all are formed by your hand. Man, what would happen in your life if you trust God 100% with your life? Man, come on. I'm not saying I always do, but I know when I'm trusting him more and more, I don't have to worry about a whole lot of stuff. That doesn't mean everything goes just the way I want. It means that God has got it under control. Amen. I'll go back to that deal with my mom. I knew in my spirit we're going to make it through the other side. I also knew this. My mom knew the Lord. Amen. Don't wait till the last minute to ask the people you love. Do they know the Lord? All right? All the time. Man, make the most of that. I want to make sure my family, my friends, people I work with, everything. Yeah, even the guy that probably you, you don't get along with. I want them to go to heaven. Amen. Even the neighbor that don't want you cutting on his side of grass and all that stuff. Right? Y'all ain't got one of those, do you? No, I don't either. Right? <laughs> I love y'all. You gotta watch with that cameraman. That thing to be over there. We were gonna pray for you today. <laughs> because guess what? Probably the neighbor you have here, they'll probably be the one you live with in heaven. So if you don't get it right here, you're gonna get it right there, right? It's amazing. See, my thing is this I got a neighbor on one side that's got the real nice green grass, and a neighbor on the other side's got the real nice Kimlon grass. My prayer is that it would just overtake my yard. You know, when I first moved there, God next to me said, man, well, what you do? You cut the grass way too short. And when I got, when we got our house, this is 20 years ago, Ange came over. She goes, hey, hey, hey. I said, what's it? Yeah, you got a hard act to follow to keep this yard like that. Mr. Pope had that yard just right there. It was like a golf course. I killed it in one year. Boom. Looks like desert storm out there. What happened? You know, I turn around and my neighbor said, man, you need to do this. You cut it too low and all this. So I came home for lunch one day. I said, man, that guy really, he's got a good yard. He knows what's going on. You know what? He had Kimlon. And they had Kimlon. I thought, oh, I thought they knew it, right? Well, you know what? They knew enough to get called Kimlon and call a professional, right? So slowly their yard is inching over into my yard. I figure time I'm nine and seven years old, I will have green grass in my yard if everything goes good, right? But you know what? Here we go. Back to where we are here. Are we putting our faith and trust in the Lord and allowing God to grow in the garden of our heart? Right? Are we sowing good seed? Are we looking at that? Here we go. Think about this. What could you do if your life was centered on God? Everything He calls you to do. Anything He calls you to do. Isn't that amazing? But we just run from it, don't we? How many people run from the Lord? Yeah. How many know this? If I knew where God was going to carry me 19 years ago from ministry there and he told me everything at once I'd be back like this 
I'm like, I don't know nothing about that. But I'll teach you. But I'll show you. And guess what? I want to remain pliable and stay in the potter's head. I'm going to give you a little, little joke. Me and one of my ministry buddies used to have years ago. We'd miss the mark and we'd go like this. You know what that meant? We need more water on our clay. <laughs> we, 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 we're not working right here. What's going on? Lord, we need more water. More water. Right? Water of the word. Holy Spirit. Listening to him better so that we remain moldable. But don't y'all be walking out here doing this, right? Be out there saying, you know what? God is so good. Let's take a look at this here. So how many masterpieces do we have? Oh, house, house full? Let's take a look. Look what God says about it. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. I want you to look at something here. Get a hold of this here. How many people in the Bible blew it? A lot. A lot. Think about that, man. That was some of the most encouraging things. Why, why are we happy when somebody else does bad? I don't know. But I guess, you know, oh, Lord, you call me to ministry. I don't know what to do. Everything else. I don't, what in the world am I going to do? I don't speak Hebrew. I, can't, I have to have a translator from Buckrow to here, man. I'm telling you, I need some help. Lord, what are we going to do? I'm just, man, I'm just going off. And, whoa. and the Lord just shows me, look at, look at the folks I used in the, in the, in the Bible. Now, you know, how many people watch uh, the Ten Commandments and the burning bush and Moses? Charlton Heston spoke pretty good, didn't he? he did. Moses didn't. He said, uh, can I bring my brother? Right? Think about that. So there's, there's nothing that God can't overcome. You know, he's out there, thy God shall. I mean, I bet Moses say, I don't know what's going on. You know, but God worked through that man. Aren't you glad? You know what? This is so crazy, man. God's got me fired up on this stuff here. The masterpiece looks different. We think a masterpiece is going to be just like so. Guess what? Here's a masterpiece. There's a masterpiece. There's a masterpiece. There's a masterpiece. God has got a great sense of humor, doesn't he? Right? But he also has the power and the authority to see it through. When you start thinking about the things in your life, you say, well, wait a minute. Let me go back. And check my foundation. Is there a crack in my foundation? Am I, am I moving off the word? Am I, am I not following what God has set out for me? I call it course corrections. Amen. God is in the course correction business. It's alright to make a course correction. Align our life with him. Remain in the potter's hand. But look at this. It says again. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created a new way in Christ Jesus. So we can do. So we can do the good works he had planned for us long ago. This is what I'm not saying. Okay? I am not saying that you do good works to get to heaven. It's by grace you're saved through faith. Matter of fact, if you go back to 8 and 9, Ephesians 8 and 9 says, By grace you're saved through faith, not that of yourself, that it's a gift to God. At least in a man boasts. We have nothing to brag about but Jesus. Amen? Nothing to brag about but Jesus. But I'll be willing to brag about Jesus. How about you? But because we are saved, he has good things for us to do. So you can't sit on the sideline. Right? God has something for you to do. And it might look totally different than what I do. Aren't you glad? Because you do not want me to help you with your patio. I can load the stones. You do not. I would mess up building that cross. I had one of my buddies. I said, hey, we need a cross. He said, ain't nothing to it. Just a two by four and everything else. I said, it's me. He said, I'll get one for you tomorrow. <laughs> He's heard the stories. You know? We got guys that work and stuff. And we get sometimes we get a new guy yeah. And we're working on something. And we're going, he's well, here, here's a hammer. And, and it's a joke, right? I get the hammer and they go, don't. All the guys that work with me for 20 years, 32 years, they go, don't give them that hammer. 
Because we'll talk about stuff. I have a tendency to break stuff. Like a cannonball. You know, I can break, I can just break stuff. But that, I'm okay with that, right? Because there's other gifting. I don't get mad because my gift doesn't look like yours. It's okay. Because you know what? I want to do what God's called me to do. Not what he's called you to do, him to do, her to do, anything else. So, don't get all sidetracked looking side to side. Get focused on looking up and tuning in to what God's got for you. Amen? Let me tell you, this is going, going here. So, let's take a look at this. The puzzle of life cannot be complete without Christ as the cornerstone. Can I get an amen there? Amen. Now, here's the thing. Do you put the puzzle piece of your life in the hand of God? Do you say, Lord, I'm just laying my life down for you. Lord, do with my life what you will. How many know that can be scary until you think about it with your heart? He's got the best thing for you. But boy, we like to drive, don't we? Oh, we like to drive. Man. But the older I get, and the more I look back on some of the terrible roads I've taken, I go, Lord, I don't think I want to drive no more. I don't even want to be the passenger with me sometimes when I think back to some stuff. But I thank God that he got me through that. How many people are excited about what's ahead in their life? You can be excited about what's ahead in your life regardless if you remain in the Lord. If you abide in the Lord. God did not come to kill, steal, and destroy. That's Satan. He said, I came to give life in abundance, man. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in you, and you, and you, and you, and you. And I don't mean wait. Like it's not happening. It's already happening. But I want to come alongside and fan those flames of faith and say, man, you can do it, man. I always say, what I say? Everybody needs what? Cheerleader. I said, I went somewhere and somebody had listened to something and said, well, you know everybody needs a cheerleader. I said, he said, I listen. I was at the gym. Somebody said, everybody needs a cheerleader. Now, you do not want to see me in a miniskirt with nine-inch scars on my leg, but I'll root you on, right? Woo-hoo, let's go. I always tell them where I say, ain't much to look at, but I'm fun to be around. Come on, let me tell you about Jesus. That's it. That's all right. Oh, my goodness. You know, the boys say, your kids look just like your wife. I said, that's the answer to prayer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> that's the answer to prayer. Yeah, yeah. you got your mama's jeans. <coughs> Whew. It's good to laugh a little bit at yourself, isn't it? Amen. Some people take themselves so seriously that they, 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 they get paralyzed, man. They get paralyzed. Oh, well, what does that mean? I don't know what that meant. God's got the final authority. I want to know what God said. I've heard people talk about my life, my whole life. How about you guys? Oh, you can't play guitar like that. Well, that's got well, whatever. And then ten years later, they're paying seven dollars at the door to see you play guitar like that. Oh well, you know. But God was working it for a bigger thing. He took the thing that I really loved and and, and tied it into the one that I really loved, Christ. You know. It doesn't make no difference. I, I, you know what? I love playing music. But there's nothing compared about playing music for the Lord. Man, I play Johnny Be Good all day. Some Bon Jovi. It doesn't do nothing in my heart like it does when we get to praise the Lord. Because things start falling off. The worry. The fear. The what ifs. The woulda, shoulda, couldas. I don't have to figure it all out. God just said, when, when, you, get, when you fill out all this here, it's not like an application. You know? Okay, yeah. Oh, ooh. how many people like job interviews? I haven't had one in 30 years, so I don't even know what it's like. 
But I remember when Thomas was getting ready to go do some interviews. My brother said, hey, I help him out. I got to interview people all the time. I said, okay, shake him down. Shake him down good. You know, you know one of the things they love to ask? How do they word it? They, they word it all different ways. So what's the area you need to improve in? <laughs> you know what I say? Ask wife. <laughs> that's what I do. That just came to me, but that's a good one. I'm going to write that down. Thank you, Lord. It was funny, right, guys? We're laughing with you. <laughs> it's going to be a long ride home. Anyway, but think about that. You know, what, what, what would you say? I'd have to say like my buddy prays at work. Lord, protect me from me. We're praying and stuff. I told you that every week I think about it. Every time I see that guy, Lord, protect me from me. You know, because sometimes we're our own worst enemy, right? But let me tell you, let's pull it back together. Anybody have a good time today? Anybody laugh a little bit at yourself? Anybody's faith get built just a little bit more today because God has released this mysterious plan that we know now. The mystery of that is Christ. He's the cornerstone. We build on the cornerstone. Hey, they, everybody else, what is it? Psalm 118. It says, this is the one that the builders rejected. Folks were rejecting Christ. Guess what? Folks will reject you. How are you going to take it? Well, if you read over a little bit more, it says, man, when you're, when you're uh, persecuted for my name's sake, you're blessed. I'm thinking, woo, the boys are working, heaping the blessing on me today. Is this a mindset, right? I'm sure they love me. Maybe they're loving me to death right now, but I'm halfway there. I'll get to see Jesus, right? But think about that. When they persecute you for his namesake, you're really going to be blessed. And let me tell you what, through our Bible studies, I can honestly say, based on the Old Testament, looking through folks who've been persecuted, I have not been persecuted. I have not been persecuted. I've had some people not talk so highly of me. Or try to twist what I say. But nobody ever tried to beat me and whip me, shipwreck me, or, or, or cut me in half sideways. Those were the folks that loved the Lord and loved you enough to keep pressing to the mark so you could have the word of God. Think about that. And guess what? I see some young folks in here. We're going to press to the mark so that things will continue for you guys. Amen? That's the story. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you so much for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that even though it seems like this life is sometimes a puzzle, we don't have to worry about it when we are in the potter's hand, Lord. We are just to clay you and the potter. Lord, continue to mold us into who we can be, what we can be, what we should be, all that we can be. Because, Lord, you're faithful. And, Lord, I know time is going by so fast. It seems like every week I'm asked to do another funeral. And my first question and my first thought is when the phone rings and something like that comes up, Lord, I pray that they knew your son as Lord and Savior. Because I can't do nothing about it once they're gone, and I can do very little about it while I'm here. But but I, what I can do is the same thing you can do. I can point them to Jesus. What must I do to be saved? The Bible says believe upon the Lord. Put your faith and trust in the finished work the cross, the shed blood of Jesus Christ. He poured out his blood to purchase us out of our sin debt. The Bible says all of sin falls short of the glory of God. Let me tell you, friends, when you come to that saving knowledge, right where you are, and I pray for many, it's today, if it's not something you've already done, that today is the day that you can call on the name of Jesus. 
and say, Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, Lord, today. I am trusting. I am believing. I'm not just praying. I'm believing in what you did on the cross is enough. I can't add to it. I couldn't even live up to it. But I can receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Friends, I'm going to tell you something. God is good all the time, even in the midst of some craziness that we deal with. And I want to tell you this. Now, I pray as we do these messages and as we do things online that you guys share them and, and, and be praying for the ministry. We're praying for you. Look how God's growing this church, man. And it's not just what you see here. It's all over the world. Let me tell you what. Little is much in the hands of God, amen. The thing is, will you put your life in the hands of God? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. We're going to do a song for the before we head out. Yes, indeed.